Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. Kieran, you started your own fight club. I did? You did, and you didn't even realise it. If you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show, because that is a spoiler. And that's a pretty obvious one too, since the title of the film is a part of your spoiler there. Yeah, I guess so. I guess I'm a terrible person. Yeah, well, we all but you'd have to you'd have to dissect it to really understand what yeah. I'm saying. It's very yeah, I guess so. From an outsider's point of view, I guess <laughs> they wouldn't really know what you're talking about. Anyway, speaking of not knowing what we're talking about, most of the time, what we do in this podcast, if you're a first time listener, is we look at the trailer, the poster, any sort of promotional material we can get our hands on for a movie before it comes out, and we try and predict as much of the plot as humanly possible without really knowing anything. Yeah, but that's not the case this week. No. This is number two of our series of special episodes. So we've decided to do these once every five episodes or so, where we take a break from predicting movies. and <laughs> Put our feet up. That's right. Take a chill. And we essentially beat Hollywood to the punch, and we come up with our own concepts for movies. Mm. So last special episode, we came up with our own Lord of the Rings spin-off movie. Yes, different <laughs> success rates there, yes, I think. Yes, where we both came up with two entirely different movies. Mm. And this week... Just by the chance roll of a die at the end of the last episode, we've found ourselves having to adapt the Dragon Ball series into a movie. A very popular, I guess, series, comic, manga, TV show. It's a very big part of pop culture, I'd say, at least in the last 20 years. And I'd claim that almost everybody would have at least a passing knowledge of it. If not, at least just familiar with the name. Absolutely. I think it should go without saying that you may be listening to this podcast and think, wait, didn't they already do a Dragon Ball movie? And you'd be right. You'd be right. They did. But we're adapting the core of the Dragon Ball series. We're doing our own adaption. A lot of people disregard that movie ever happened, really. So obviously they cocked up Dragon Ball Evolution, Mm. the live action adaptation of, I suppose, the entire Dragon Ball series. And so I guess we're taking the opportunity to do a potentially better version. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. So let's pretend a Hollywood executive has come to us and said, look, the last movie really ate it. So we want people who know what they're talking about and Maddie D. <laughs> to do a more accurate adaptation. Mm. And so that was our challenge this week. And I really must say, for me personally, being a huge Dragon Ball fan, Dragon Ball Z fan, the whole series fan, it really was a challenge. And I stressed and I, I strained. I don't know if it's harder for you or harder for me, as little as I know. I suppose the same way that it was for you with Lord of the Rings, being a big fan, you want to be as faithful and make it as yeah. good as possible. So you don't really want to disappoint anybody mm. or sort of show your lack of expertise as a fan. <laughs> but then at the same time, it would be really hard for you as well, because from what I understand, you know very little about the whole Dragon Ball universe. Yes, Should we get little. into our history straight let's, away? Let's do it. I guess that's a good way to talk about my history right yes yeah you're 100 percent on the money kieran so i i watched the dragon ball z series i remember being a young little sprite and it was on our early morning cartoon That's show right. we and- should just quickly explain for anybody who's not familiar dragon ball was the original anime adaptation of the comic book of the same name mm-hmm. manga as it's called in japan yep and dragon ball z was the follow-up dragon ball z to american listeners <laughs> Then it was followed up by Dragon Ball GT. Yeah. And more recently followed up by Dragon Ball Super. Because they, they've released a movie, right? The Brawly movie. Well, they've actually released 20 animated Dragon Ball movies. Well, and there you go. As of today, they've announced a 21st. So what are the chances of that? Crazy. I bet they're ripping off our ideas. They're just waiting for it to Most come out. Most likely. Most yeah. likely. Even though it's a Dragon Ball Super movie, I, they're probably just going to rip off our ideas. <laughs> yeah, because our ideas are great. They're going to new mutants their movie. That's right. Sorry, um, you continue with your history. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I used to get up. I used to watch that 
that cartoons, uh, those cartoons. I remember being young and I remember seeing Pokemon it was, was a very big much deal. a big part of primary school, mm, wasn't it? Definitely. I remember Pokemon was a big deal and I never really, as I said in the podcast, got into Pokemon. Yeah. I remember Sailor Moon was a thing and I liked that a bit better, but even so I wasn't too into it. But I really loved Dragon Ball for obvious reasons. It was exciting. There was a lot of action. I got really into it. I even collected the little Tarzos that we had yes. here in the Great Land of Oz. Uh, it was a They're like collectible character discs, yes, basically. Yes, yes. It was a constant fight between me and my uh, youngest brother who got the better character out of the two and often he would get... These came in packets of chips, mm, as I remember, right. back when they used to try and encourage you desperately to eat as much chips as possible. Yeah, but that was kind of my sort of history with it. I didn't watch it in any sequence. I would sit down, I would eat my breakfast as a child and watch it and kind of I kind of have recollections of what yeah. the story was. Because you sort of knew who the mm. characters were by proxy. You mm. could sort of follow what yeah, was going on. Yeah, it was on. really easy to pick up. Basically like wrestling in a way. Exactly like people wrestling. fighting and you understand what their characters are and what their powers are and yeah. you just want to see them go head to head. Yeah, exactly. And then it's only when I got a little bit older that you, Kieran, you lent me your DVD collection of the Dragon Ball series. And I, I actually have no memory of this. Yeah, and I actually, because one day we were at a, instead of being young people and like partying or whatnot, we actually sat down and watched the Dragon Ball Z series and then I was kind of interested. So you lent me your whole box set and I went home and started watching each one. So uh, it was the first time I actually started watching it in sequence. Uh, in sequence. And wow. I still life, have no memory of this. Life box. got in the way and I ended up never finishing it. So I ended up giving you back the DVD. Yeah. And said, oh, sorry, I didn't finish it. There's over 320 minute episodes mm. just in Dragon Ball Z alone. Yeah, and look, I'm sorry for fans who are out there. I need to apologize several times <laughs> to the fans out there, but I will apologize firstly because I found that there were a lot of filler episodes. I was like, oh, this yeah. is, I can't watch that. He's and just, early on too. Oh, that's he's, kind of the struggle with how that does, series. How does someone fly for like six episodes anyway so be that as it may i never got through it and then very recently you kieran to help me in the fact that i had absolutely no idea what i was talking about because when we rolled that my face was like a ghost um when we decided last week went pale which, by the white. way it was your suggestion that we even include Dragon Ball on the it list. Was, so it this was. is entirely your fault. But yeah, when it we was. came across it last week, you well, obviously had very little knowledge. Yeah. I, I thought it'd be a cool idea to remake it because yes. the last movie was so bad. And I was like, oh, that'd be interesting. You know, just as a thought, but the actual idea of sitting down and doing it, I never thought of. So you let me the Dragon Ball comic book and I've been that's reading right. that. And that's it's been like a-, a big bumper collection of the first, I think. Yeah. 15 series, I suppose. So I thought I knew everything I like. there is to know about Dragon Ball. I was like, eh, yeah, I get it. They run around, they fight each other, they blow things out of their hands. But now I'm realizing that I don't know anything. And I was it was a very big learning experience for me. I was like, so that's what that is? So that's where that comes from? Whoa. And yeah, that's a really rambling version of my history. Okay, there we go. What about you, Mr. Fan? So even though I have quite an extensive history, I can probably sum it up pretty succinctly. I've seen every episode of every series. I've read every issue of every available comic book and have been pretty much a lifelong fan since I first watched an episode as a child. How young were you when you first watched it? Oh, I would have been about eight or nine. Good good Dragon Ball Z age. or Was it Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z? Dragon Look at Ball me. I'm like, it's like I'm interviewing you. Yeah. It's like it was Dragon Ball Z and then I followed that up with Dragon Ball, followed that up with the abysmal Dragon Ball GT. And then when Dragon Ball Super started airing a couple of years ago, I continued watching that. And you liked it? Yeah, I liked it. Cool. Watched all the movies as well. So you just know everything and you love it. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose I'd say I'm <laughs> quite the fanatic. <laughs> 
nothing I suppose in this it's podcast lessened. beforehand would indicate that yeah, at all. I suppose it's lessened in the last couple of years as I've started to pick up different hobbies, you know, <laughs> and they've stopped making as much of it. So yeah. it doesn't take up as much of my life as it used to. But yeah, that's a very succinct history for me. Now, just a little bit of trivia as well. Before I mentioned that there are 20 animated Dragon Ball movies. That blows my mind. And I've seen, I think, 19 of them. I haven't seen the newest one as of yet. Do you remember being a kid and yes, the early versions of those movies coming to cinemas? The Dragon Ball movies? Yeah. No, I don't. Well, I vividly remember. I specifically remember the Cooler movie came to cinemas and they had like Drowning Pool and Disturbed on the soundtrack, which was incredibly strange really? now that I think about it. And then, of course, more recently, the last two Dragon Ball Z movies came to cinemas here as well, but mind you, only select cinemas. So it's weird that even after all these years, it can still pull in a crowd and warrant a cinematic release, even if it is limited. That's why when our movies come out, they're going to make bank. Yeah, they're going to be huge. They're going to be huge successes. So from what I understand, when Disney absorbed Fox, Mm. Disney now owns the distribution rights to the Dragon Ball franchise. So there is potential that Disney may attempt to do a series, even though I highly doubt it. I think it's something, as you and I discovered recently, something that's very difficult to adapt into movie form. Although, with their track record with the Marvel movies... That could work. They could make it work. And if anyone could make it work, I think it would be them. Although this is just, you know, rumour mill stuff. People are already saying, oh, I'm pretty sure Disney has the rights to it. Pretty sure they'd make a movie. But like I said, that's just fans well, Disney will have the running the rumour to- mill. Disney will have the rights to everything in, That's the, in right. the end. And if they can make a movie out of it, they will. So, Absolutely. If they can make money out of it, only, they will, you it's, mean. It's only a matter of time. Exactly. So I started a little bit of trivia before. I mentioned that there are 20 animated Dragon Ball movies mm-hmm. with the 21st in development. But did you know that aside from the one official live action Dragon Ball movie, Dragon Ball Evolution, starring yes. Justin Chadwick. <laughs> Thanks for that trivia. Yeah. That there's also two other live action Dragon Ball movies. What are you talking about? No, I did not know that. Well, there is. You'd be very surprised to hear. They were both made... How bad do they have to be? Jesus. They were both made in the early 90s. Now, one is right. the Chinese Dragon Ball movie, okay. Dragon Ball The Magic Begins. Yep. And then the second one is the more faithful Korean adaptation, Dragon Ball Fights on Goku, Wins on Goku. Mm. And I've got to say, for research for this show... I watched all three of these no, live action. Oh my god! I did. I watched all three of these live action versions, and yeah, let's just say I won't have that time ever again. <laughs> right. So while you were, while I was sitting there going, there are seven Dragon Balls. I don't even know if that's right. Yeah, that's true. There are seven Dragon Balls. Wow, you're there deep diving. I'm in watching this the old Korean cinema. fight. Son Goku wins. Son Goku. Which, by the way, if you want to laugh, pop that movie and see if you can find it first. <laughs> Just search for it on YouTube, it'll come up. But yeah, any long-time Dragon Ball fans, check that movie out if you haven't seen it. It spoils the ending, Oh, boy. What does? Fight Goku, win Goku. Oh, yeah, I suppose. But I think any fan will know that that's inevitable. Now, before we start talking about our plots, and inevitably the actors who we're going to get to play the characters in our plots... I just wanted to briefly mention one of the main controversies that a lot of animes to movie adaptations have is the, I suppose, the controversy of whitewashing, or at least the perceived controversy of whitewashing in some cases. And one of the criticisms that the Dragon Ball Evolution movie had was that Goku was played by an American male, a Caucasian male, I should say, rather. Yeah, and mine, he was an Australian. Basically... Anytime we get a movie version of a Japanese property, mm. there's always this same controversy of whitewashing, same accusations pop up time and time again. Yep. Now, I'm all for equal character representation 
equal race, actors, everybody gets a go. Yes, absolutely. As am I. But in the circumstance of my plot, and I'm sure Matty D's plot as well, I just wanted to point out that the Dragon Ball universe, even though it's set on Earth, it's set on a different dimension Earth to ours. So while the characters are created by a Japanese person, I don't think he specifically intended them all to be Japanese because there isn't a Japan on Dragon Ball world. It's just a completely different continent on the same Earth. So similar races appear, but at the same time, there's people who are like half human, half dog. And in fact, dinosaurs still run around. So we can safely presume it doesn't take place on our Earth. So that gives us a blanket excuse to cast whoever we want in any of these roles. We don't have to define it just to Japanese actors. Yeah. And we also, as well, I think it's worth saying that we have a little bit of fun with the actors that we play. That's right. I'm sure that there are a lot of good actors that could play these roles perfectly. I don't want to speak for you, but I think you're on the same page. That it's just fun to get a little bit imaginative with the crazy yeah, people that right. you can put in these slots. I don't think, at least in my movie, I'd have the budget to hire half the actors on no. my movie. So, you know, it's a little bit of imagination as well. Absolutely. But anyway, without further ado, I think we should get straight into our predictions. Let's do it. We probably got a lot to condense into a oh, single movie. My I know God. I do. Yes. And I'm sure you've got a lot of questions that you'll ask as you go through <laughs> your own plot as well that <laughs> I'll probably want to cover. Now, I went first last time, so oh. does that mean that Matty D should that go first this time? That does mean I go first. And I think this is quite fitting because I think that you're going to have a lot to talk about. Yeah, and, that's right. um, I do. And, you know, we'll, we'll get the train wreck over, over and <laughs> okay. done with. So, <clears throat> Matty D conquering the Dragon Ball franchise. Oh, does your movie have a title, by the way? Yes, it does. Oh, excellent. Dragon Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Inventive. Actually, so- I was going to go with Dragon Ball Z. Now, here is where I'm going with this. I think that the most compelling story for me was Dragon Ball Z. It's the one I grew up with. So, right. it's the one I am adapting into a movie. Okay, makes sense. I think 90% of fans would agree with you. <laughs> That's sort of the the idea of the plot. I make a few changes here and there, but I've also sprinkled dashes of the Dragon Ball story in it as well. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. I'm really interested now. (laughs) How on earth is he going to do it? So, (laughs) it's going to be a live action movie. It's not going to be animated. And the director I had too. You're going to hate this. In fact, you're going to hate a lot of this. By the way, everyone who's a fan of Dragon Ball. You've already apologized. No need to continue. You've had your blanket apology. (laughs) All right, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I was thinking Zack Snyder. And before you react, I thought he was really good in Watchmen. And I think he could bring that superhero feeling to this world. The other guy I had, I have his name here, but I don't want to... The guy who did... uh, Who was the guy that did Ragnarok? Oh, Tikawati Watiti. I can't remember his name. That's it, yeah. So I either had had those two. So those were I was thinking, but... Tikawati Watiti. I just basically (laughs) said the same jumbled word, but backwards. Right. But I think I'll, uh, for for argument's sake, we'll say that Zack Snyder is directing this live action movie named Dragon Ball Z. So who, might you ask, is our lead? The man himself, Goku. And I had a few actors in mind. Mm. I'll tell you who I thought would have been. By the way, it's Taika Waititi. Thank you very much. Yeah, he would also be really good. I had people like Paul Rudd, Chris Pratt. I was trying to think of the best sort of person to have. And I thought what would be the best sort of actor. Tough, but with a goofy side. Yeah, exactly. And I'll tell you who would have been perfect. Back in the day would have been Keanu Reeves. Um, Like a young Keanu Reeves. I think so. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Kamehameha. Whoa. So I decided uh, Chris Hemsworth is playing Goku. Okay. So here we go. So we're going to start... So Thor Goku. Yeah, exactly. Blackhead Goku. We're going to start with a narration that explains the backstory of what was. Who's narrating? Why, Master Roshi is. Oh, really? Who's Master Roshi? Ben Kingsley. Wow. (laughs) 
Okay. Interesting casting. <laughs> so he kind of explains a little bit about the big Saiyan conflict that happened. He then goes into... Well, he's going way back in time. Yeah. It's like in the beginning. Yeah, God exactly. created man. Exactly. He sort of gives the, the audience a sort of debrief of the Saiyan conflict and then sort of simmers into where Goku is a child and we see like the scenes from Dragon Ball where he meets Bulma, he meets Master Roshi and the feats of this child's strength and all everything he can do and mm. how, how unnatural he is. This is something they occasionally do in the Dragon Ball Z series itself. They'll flash back to Dragon Ball occasionally just to explain a bit of backstory, but it is very rare. Yeah. It sort of stands on its own for the most part. Yeah. But I think it's worth, because this might be a lot of people's first yeah. interaction with the universe, interaction with the story, I think it's worth getting an idea. Of and what, also on what that note as well, it. people are sort of over the whole superhero origin story as well. <laughs> Meaning you. <laughs> yeah, me specifically. But you think about with Spider-Man, they didn't do another Spider-Man origin story. So I no. suppose most people have passing knowledge of these characters yeah. in a way, even if in a loose way. And you don't really need to know that much about them to sort of follow what's going on, especially if it's a new storyline, which you're about to introduce. <laughs> exactly. The way I sort of picture it is, you know, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the first one, how it kind of just sort of breezes over what the what the introduction um, of the turtles are? No? No, the, the one no. in the 80s? <laughs> Never seen it. Oh my God, you would love oh, it. Actually, no, I saw it when I was a kid, but I don't remember it. Yeah, you would love it. But essentially a sim- similar kind of thing, like Master Roshi introduces the Saiyan concept, introduces uh, meeting Gohan, Goku, sorry, for the first time, and just what the this sort of character was how strange he was to this new world how super strong he was he also talks about them finding the dragon balls and introduces the concept of them mm-hmm. and then we go straight to present day where goku is training his son gohan who was played by uh finn wolfhard from stranger things <laughs> gangly awkward teenage finn wolfhard yep also in it chapter one exactly kids on the rise Making money left, right, and center. And it, yeah, so it starts off with... You know, I did consider him for one of my cast members, but really? then I decided he was too old. He's but, too old? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in, anyway. In my plot, Gohan, because uh, I know Gohan is four, isn't he? Yeah. I think he needs to be older, so... Fair enough. So he's so older he's in my plot. mid-teens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wanted to settle like a 10-year-old age, but you can go mid-teens. So you went Finn Wolfhart, who's about six Who years old. Who else <laughs> am I going to pick, Kieran? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> You're very limited as far exactly. as well-known child actors are exactly. concerned. And I'm sure there's a child actor that could nail it out of the park, but as far as I can see, scaling the Hollywood names, he's who I'm picking. And I think he'll be good. Why well, you doubt him? Yeah, um, I, I'm a big fan. All right. Excellent. So, so yeah, he's training him. We get, to, we get an introduction to all the characters, Marshall Roshi, everyone just hanging out, having a grand old time. So I'm presuming that Chi-Chi has abandoned her prospects of Gohan not becoming a fighter and becoming a scholar instead. And so that's why she's let Goku train him. I mean, she's Sorry, there. it's your movie. It's <laughs> your movie. She's there. I think... <laughs> I promise I won't sidetrack too he's, much. He's not training how to fight. He's more training like... How um, to use the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> more training like... Come on, life- you're 16, Gohan. You've got to get out of diapers someday. It's more like life lessons and things like that. Okay. You know what I mean? So there's a man and a woman. <laughs> I only discovered this myself a few years ago. <laughs> And by the way, Chi-Chi is played by Paige uh, Duna, if I pronounce that her name correctly. name rings a bell. Chinese-American actress, Yeah, I that's think. right. Or I should just say Asian-American actress. Uh, what was she in? Uh, yeah, I can't really see anything noteworthy here. Oh, she was in The Avengers. <laughs> by the look of it. <laughs> Nothing noteworthy. She was in The Avengers. Yeah, so she's Chi-Chi. Goku's just teaching him some life lessons. They come back home to Chi-Chi and the gang. Everyone's hanging around. All your favorites are there. Good old Ben Kingsley as Master Roshi. Why not? I'm going to have Krillin hanging out. Krillin's going to be played by Stephen Stephen Yen from Walking Dead. Glenn. Stephen Glenn, that's right. No, the character's name is Glenn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay, interesting. They're all hanging out. 
and everything's all jolly until a disturbance happens. A ship lands and we see this stranger come into the distance and it's very like a Wild West kind of feel, but it is a character that we'll know as Raddus. Am I pronouncing that right? Raditz. Raditz. This is Raditz's introduction here. And he's a very sleazy kind of character. I'm going to get him to be played by a Game of Thrones actor, Jerome Flynn. He's going to come in and he's going to be very, very sort of, not antagonistic, but he's going to explain. He's going to say, I've been looking for you, Kakarot. I've been searching for you. All over the galaxy. To finish the job that we started. Goku's a little confused. And this is where Raditz is going to give the revelation that he's actually an evil Saiyan. He was sent there to destroy pretty much everything. Goku, that is. Goku, sorry, that he was a Saiyan, uh, which is... Sent to Earth as a child. Sent to Earth as a child. Kind of like as a a flip. Bumped his head. Lost his memory. Situation. Yeah, bumped his head and became like really, really good. So then Raditz offers his hand to Goku, says, hey, we should join forces. Let's destroy this place. Let's finish what you started. Goku, of course, looks at all his friends and family members and if it's lovable, Goku, he's not going to do that. So he declines that offer. And then we get our first big fight. Goku wins. Okay. And this is where I'm going to go a little bit left-leaning. Okay. Like, uh, it's your adaptation. You can do whatever I, you I like. I understand this is, uh, this is not how it goes in the, in the story or mm. in the TV series or in the manga. But in my plot, Goku is going to win. By the scrape of his teeth, he's going to win. In this fight, Raditz is going to explain that more people are coming and that even if he beats him, he'll never truly win because more Saiyans are coming stronger than him. Goku beats Raditz, or so he thinks. And discouraged by this revelation and by the fact he sees how weak Gohan is, he decides that he needs Gohan to be trained by someone he knows. In fighting rather than the ways of life. (laughs) In fighting. And of course, Chi-Chi doesn't really like this. So Goku decides that he's going to go see an old nemesis with Gohan. He's going to take him to see Piccolo. Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to attempt the actor who I decided it was, but it was the guy off uh, Lost who played Mr. Echo. Um, Good actor. Lost fans will know who that is. (laughs) He was also in Avengers. So he goes to Who did he Piccolo. play in Avengers? Help us out here. Uh, he played the Watchman, the, the guy at the guard, I think. That doesn't help me at all. You know in Thor? That <laughs> was Idris Elba, wasn't it? Oh, wait. Yeah, it was. Who am I thinking of? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Move on. He's Piccolo. I imagine he's green. <laughs> yeah, he is. The magic of CG has made him green. Yeah. So he meets Piccolo. Piccolo is apprehensive and rejects Goku's offers. He says, I don't want any part of this. I don't want to help you fight these Saiyans and I don't want to help you train your son. So Goku leaves. Raditz is followed them this entire way so he was just knocked out yeah 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 he was kind of like you know doing the villain thing where he was like oh i beat him him like tim rocket exactly to the distance exactly exactly so he follows it he finds piccolo he says where's goku guy goes i don't know they have a fight piccolo and raditz he destroys his entire house goku sees this happening and even though he doesn't have any reason to he's going to come in and save piccolo there's a big fight raditz tries to shoot Piccolo with his little beam that he has despite nearly mm. being on the verge of death Goku jumps in the way and dies mm, there you go Piccolo is beside himself he, he can't believe this has had happened and Raditz and not his, my nemesis <laughs> and Raditz well yeah exactly why would he sacrifice himself to save Piccolo mm. and Raditz in his dying breath so wait how did Raditz die Oh, in the fight with Goku. Okay. So they, they beat each oh, other so up. So they, the- they mortally wounded him and then he went to shoot like a exactly. last, last ditch effort yeah. beam at and them. Then, and shoot it at Piccolo and then yeah. Goku got in the way. Okay. So Goku's dead. Piccolo brings the Goku body back to 
all his friends like Bulma and Chi Chi and everyone's distraught. Gohan is especially upset. He doesn't want to believe that his father is dead. But Piccolo decides the last thing Goku asked was for his son to be trained. So he's decided that because Goku sacrificed himself for him, he's going to then train. You're looking at me because I'm going against the grain here, but um, he's going to go train Gohan Gohan because the Saiyans are coming and he needs to be prepared for that. So that's what they do. But Goku isn't completely dead. He's gone to another realm, an afterlife. And here he'll meet. And I'm just getting rid of that whole bridge running thing. because Snake way. Yeah, that maybe he walks along it, but no. He'll end up there pretty fast where he meets King Kai. And King Kai is played by Ken Geelong. Who? <laughs> the guy of Hangover. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah, yeah, the one from the second one. No, okay. the, I think he's from all of them. Okay, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan. One that plays fan. Chan. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so he's going to play him. And he's going to train Goku in this like extreme gravity intense place. It's going to be a nice little Yoda. It's Luke Skywalker moment, if you like. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, on Earth, Goku is... Gohan, sorry. God. <laughs> he's training with Piccolo. And we're going to have the other characters coming together and being like, what are we going to do about Goku? They've got Dragon Balls already. Just decided that's going to be the case. And they're going to go find... They pre-collected them. Yep, they pre-collected them from before. This is when we get more of a revelation of what the Dragon Balls are. And they go out and try to find the additional one on top mm-hmm. of a mountain or something. Yeah. They decide they've got the little detector. and In they're a like, pterodactyl's nest. Exactly. They're like, yeah, let's go get it. So they go get it. They'll find Gohan along the way in Piccolo and they'll join them to get the last Dragon Ball. That's where their plot will end up. And by the way, while this is happening, there's going to be little flashbacks of each character remembering little ass- like times in Dragon Ball. Like maybe when they see mm-hmm. the Dragon Balls, they'll remember there'll be a flashback of when Bulma introduces her little gadget where she finds things. Mm-hmm. Dragon Raider. Exactly. Exactly. So that'll be, that'll be sprinkled throughout. Eventually... We get the arrival of two new Saiyans and we see them flying through from time to time, but we never really see who they are. But when they arrive, they enter in a big way. They're spaceships, exactly. They are Vegeta and Nappa, played by Vegeta. Ooh, I can feel the hate. Cillian Murphy. Oh, yeah. Nappa. see that. Played by... XWWE wrestler Dave Batista, who was recently in James Bond. So they come in and they're just going to be your typical bullies. They're going to ask where Kakarot is. They'll be like, he's dead. Well, then they want his son, Gohan, because they want to train him up to do the same thing. All the characters start fighting. It's a, a free-for-all, a, a battle royale. free-for-all. No contest, though, because these these two Saiyans are kind of jerks. They're kind of bullies. They're pushing their weight around. Um, I like that they've gone from in the TV series of being homicidal planet destroyers <laughs> to kind of jerks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're kind of playing with their food before they eat it, yeah. in a way. And in desperation, Gohan grabs the last Dragon Ball. He gets the other Dragon Balls, and he summons the big dragon, Sharon or whatever the hell its Shenron. name is. Shenron. Shenron. Played by Ken Watanabe because he's got to be there. <laughs> I thought it just would have been CGI, but he just pops out. It's got to be a voice. Ken Watanabe. Yeah, oh, it's okay. a CG, but he's the voice. And then they wish for their father, Goku, to be resurrected from the dead. And mm-hmm. so he does, but he's badder than ever. He's, he's after been all training, that training with King Kai. Yeah, he's super strong. Big fight. He destroys Nappa. Mm-hmm. Done. Power level over 9,000, mm, so on and so forth. That's right. That's right. So he's beating Vegeta, and then Vegeta says, that's it, Kakarot, you should be who you are. Be the animal, be the monster, be the Saiyan. And Goku catches himself and says, no, wait, this isn't who I am, and decides to spare Vegeta Mm -hmm. rather than being... Sort of like Luke Skywalker with Darth Vader. Exactly, exactly. So Vegeta's still alive. They decide to to capture him, imprison him, because what else are they going to do with him? And the characters... 
Piccolo. That's it, Vegeta. You're Goku. going to jail. <laughs> Goku and Master Roshi. They all gather around and decide what are they going to do because a lot of their friends have died. Krillin will die. Why not? A few of the people will die. Just as per usual. Yeah, as per usual. I, I didn't remember who died in the original, so I'm just like, yeah, just okay. people. Um, and they decide what they're going to do. Bulma's machine picks up a, a rare Dragon Ball that she's never had before and they find it in Vegeta's spaceship. All right, now I'm confused. <laughs> This is going to be a different kind of Dragon Ball. Okay. Mm. And when they ask Vegeta where it's from, he's very reluctant at the start, but they manage to get out of them that there is more Dragon Balls in another planet where he is from. Mm. Planet Vegeta. Not Planet Vegeta. I'm thinking of another planet. Oh. Starts with an N. Namek. Yeah, Namek. So <laughs> Vegeta migrated to planet Namek. <laughs> All right, Vegeta's not from Namek, maybe, but he's, yeah, Vegeta he's from actually Vegeta. lives on planet Fraser. Right around this point, but you know, depends on what happens in your storyline. <laughs> Whatever. So they decide they'll go to the Namek to Sorry, get. Sorry, I've got to say it in case a fan is listening. One of the many planet Freezers, planet Fraser one forty six or whatever. Yeah. So they go to planet Namek to find these additional Dragon Balls. They go down. All the Nameks are like, "Hey, welcome home, Vegeta." <laughs> Yes, Vegeta as well, he manages to, like, they take him with him and he breaks off. He decides that he wants the Dragon Balls as well. There's a bit of a scuffle. And then we enter a new character, Freezer, comes in. He enters in, very intimidating figure, but not very, very smug, but doesn't seem to be worried about the situation. Comes in, kills Goku. Jeez, he just can't catch a break. Mm. Mm. Dies twice in his own movie. You know who's playing Freezer? Who? RuPaul? Glenn Close. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Not a bad casting choice. And then Frieza will pick up the Dragon Ball that Goku had, the one that led him there in the first place. He'll smile evilly, say something about how it's closer to him. Or, you know, Frieza. (laughs) This Dragon Ball is closer to me than it ever was before, (laughs) now that I'm holding it. (laughs) And then goes off. We see Goku arrived back in the other world with and King. They're like, Goku, you only just left. <laughs> yeah, you only just left, exactly. And that's where we end the movie. We're going to roll on still, mm. and it's going to open it up to a sequel where we explore the Freezer saga a little further and mm-hmm. then probably the Cell saga. Also, I forgot to mention, I thought it'd be worth mentioning that I wrote you and me in, in this story. Oh, this we're movie characters as well. in this Yes, movie. we are. Yes, we are. We're not going to play big characters because I think that's pretty egotistical. We, we just don't be wanna... some random people on the street who get blown up. Well, I'm going to be Hercule. Um, okay. And I'm, you're just going to see Hercule on the TV. Oh, it's wait, I, now I know who I'm going to be. <laughs> and then you're going to be the frog. Uh, not the frog. You're going to be the, You're going to be the turtle that Master Roshi oh, has. Okay. Uh, you're going to voice the turtle. So you're in the okay. movie there. I thought I'd, I'd throw, throw you a bone since you're, oh, thanks. you're a fan. That's okay. But yeah, Whoa, that's... Hey. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's my movie. That's where it Ooh. ends. I think it I think it tugs at the heartstrings. It it goes on a little adventure. It was really it impressive. It actually condenses a lot of episodes mm. into one movie. It, it was impressive in my head. It kind of fell apart as I spoke. I was gonna originally not have him die, not have Goku die. Which time? The first time or the second time? The first time. Okay. You may laugh at this, but I thought instead of him dying, he nearly dies, goes to a mountain, goes into a meditative state, and then goes to the other world. Because okay. I feel like having your main character die to early might be either cliche or just wouldn't work it'd be like hey we just met this guy and he dies but i figure it's important to the story that he does get resurrected so i put it in there fair enough Hmm. well there you go it's a very interesting adaptation (laughs) thank you interesting is an interesting word to use (laughs) yes it is it always is i actually didn't mind it It wasn't as ridiculous as i thought it was especially from somebody who you know has admittedly a very limited knowledge (laughs) of the series thanks so, Kieran, are you going to take out a little capsule and throw it on the ground and it's going to turn into a Dragon Ball plot, a fully fleshed out Dragon Ball plot? I certainly Right am. there in front of me? I certainly am. Did you like that? I read the books. I don't think you mentioned capsules at all in your plot. No, I didn't. I don't think I did it in mine either. Maybe I could <laughs> squeeze it in there. Anyway, we should go straight into my plot. Go for it. Since I've got a lot to talk about. 
Now, quite like yours, my film is going to also start with narration. Hey, but in just this, copying my plot. <laughs> but in this circumstance, it's just explaining the whole concept of the Dragon Ball. So they'll say that there's seven Dragon Balls, and when you bring them together, the dragon will appear, Shenron, to grant you one wish. And this is going to be narrated by one of the most famous voice actors from the American dub of the anime series, Christopher Arsabat who did the voice of Piccolo, Vegeta, so on and so forth. But he is also the voice of Shenron the Dragon. So this is the voice that we're going to be hearing here. Nice, I like that. And now because these actors or voice actors aren't really going to play a big role in the movie, or at least my version of the movie, this is just like a nice little nod and a wink to the fans. And I think they did that in the actual Dragon Ball Evolution movie as well. I think they had Shenron voiced by the same guy. That'd be cool. I know they did that for... In a weird sub-note, Transformers, they had the original Yeah, that's auto, right, auto they did. Board. I thought that was the coolest part of those movies. Anyway, so we go from this image of the Dragon Balls, we dissolve and we see two Dragon Balls sitting on a desk, and we're in the headquarters of the Red Ribbon Army. Oh, they're bad guys, right? Yeah, they're right. And so here we see Commander Red, and he is being played by Peter Dinklage Ooh. of Game of Thrones fame, and he is alongside his butler, Mr. Black who is being played by Winston Duke, who, if you remember, was in Black Panther, and he was the husband in Us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a great actor. I nearly put both of those characters in my... Both those actors, sorry, in my plot. Ooh, it's going to be interesting where we have crossover, because we certainly do have at least one actor who's appeared in both of our plots. Oh, yeah? So, obviously, Commander Red has two of the Dragon Balls in his possession. Now, in the headquarters, they're in the middle of examining a giant wall-sized monitor, which shows seven blinking blips at various locations around the map of the world. Ooh, are they Dragon Balls? Yes, they're Dragon Balls. <laughs> now, the chief scientist of the Red Ribbon Army, Dr. Giraud, who's played here by Gary Oldman... <laughs> oh, my God! You're throwing the actors out. ...explains that they can track the locations of the Dragon Balls based on the energy they emit. I'm imagining him with a German accent. No, he's just going to have an American accent. Damn. See, quite like with my Lord of the Rings plot, I basically wrote this plot with an entire series in mind. So I'm mm. like, who's going to come back later? Who's going to play an important role later? Let me just introduce a few of them here. So Dr. Jiro isn't in Dragon Ball at all, but he is in Dragon Ball Z. So I thought, mm, why not throw in a little reference here? Mm. Now, as I just mentioned, Dr. Jiro explains that they can track the positions of the Dragon Balls from the energy they emit, but their radar can only show approximate locations of the magic orbs, which leads Dr. Jiro to explain exclaim, it would take a far greater genius than I to build a raider that could give you pinpoint accuracy, but we all know that there's no greater genius than me. I love where this might be going. And then we cut straight to 16-year-old Bomber, who's in the middle of driving through a forest, and she's carrying a handheld dragon raider that shows that it is clearly far more accurate. She can basically push a button and get the position of whatever dragon ball she wants down to basically a meter. Now, Bulma is played by, of all people, Isabella Mona, with her hair dyed blue. We saw her fresh off her smash hit role in Dora the Explorer. (laughs) So she's just come straight from that into this movie. Very nice. I just thought she had a sort of plucky energy that would be good for Bulma after watching that trailer for Dora the Explorer a couple of times. Now, she has two of the Dragon Balls already and is collecting them with the dream of wishing for the perfect boyfriend. (laughs) She soon runs into Goku, who's played by child actor Jacob Tremblay. Where's he from? If you don't know Jacob Tremblay, he's an up-and-coming 12-year-old child actor. Okay. 
He was in Room, not to be confused with The Room. Mm. He was critically acclaimed for his role as, I think, The Son in Room. Uh, And he's coming up in the movie Good Boys, which is like a Seth Rogen written comedy. He's also in the up-and-coming sequel to The Shining, Doctor Sleep. And I can guarantee you, folks, just to spoil that movie a little bit, he's going to be eaten by a vampire in that movie. But I think his most famous role was playing, I think, Baron Trump in Donald Trump's Art of the Deal, the movie. (laughs) No, I think, no, he was child three. He was child number three. Oh, there you go. Much less evil. We couldn't have a child that evil playing <laughs> Goku. <laughs> anyway, just give him a big spiky dude fro and then he's done. he'll be perfect. So Goku is a 10-year-old boy with super strength and a monkey tail who destroys Bulma's car, mistaking it for a monster. Goku also carries around a magic red fighting staff, which he calls a power pole, which can grow longer and shorter at will. You see, Goku has been living in a forest hut in isolation after the death of his grandpa and has no concept of the civilized world. I've got civilized world in quotation marks, of course. <laughs> see, he can't, even, capsules. he can't even tell what gender Bulma is. Now, Goku has a Dragon Ball himself, which he refuses to part with since it was his grandpa's most prized possession. It's the four-star Dragon Ball. Bulma reluctantly asks Goku to join her in her adventures to find the Dragon Balls, promising to return his grandpa's Dragon Ball after she has made her wish. How nice of Bulma. Yes. So, I suppose as well, she realises that he would be a good bodyguard given his super strength and abilities and would protect her from any challenges along the way as well. I'm looking forward to where this is going. Okay. I'm basically what, adapting what, a whole bunch of series mm, into one movie what, here. What you're going to leave in and what you're going to leave out, because yes. it gets a little bit funny, this part on. So back at the Red Ribbon Army HQ, mm. Commander Red addresses all his generals as he prepares to deploy them to the locations of the Dragon Balls. He informs them that time is of the essence, since they've noticed on the radar that someone else has also started collecting the Dragon Balls, of course, Bulma and Goku. One of the generals in attendance is General Blue, I just thought I'd point this out, and he's played by Matthew Good. I thought you were going to say Matthew McConaughey, and I was like, oh my god, that'd be great. (laughs) That would have been interesting. But yeah, Matthew Good, he was Ozymandias in Watchmen. Okay, yeah. He is very camp, but an imposing presence at the same time. So we return to Goku and Bulma at this point, who rescue a talking sea turtle yeah who also appeared in your plot as me (laughs) i don't know how you can in this circumstance he is cgi very realistic looking cgi and he is voiced by brad garrett who you may know as roman's brother from (laughs) everybody loves roman that's a really good casting that's a really good casting well done sir i thought so too he He was also in season two of fargo he won i think he's even better than you oh well I'm not so sure about that, but anyway. (laughs) I'm sure you'd be a good turtle. So the sea turtle is about to be eaten by an anthropomorphic bear who will be CGI. So basically he's like a a bear who walks around like a man, if you Mm. didn't know what anthropomorphic means. So Goku beats the bear man easily, of course, and they take the turtle back to the island home of Master Roshi, who is an unassuming looking old martial arts master, who is played by Randall Park in Old Age Makeup. Okay, it's interesting. Randall Park is an Asian-American actor. He appears in a lot of comedies, and he was in Ant-Man and the Wasp, I believe, and he played Kim Jong-un, I think, in the interview. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so him. Now, any fans of the Dragon Ball series will probably be aware of Master Roshi's extreme perverseness. No. But I'm not going to really go down that road. What?! In this movie, because what I, are you doing? I think it's sort of inappropriate in our day and age, and I don't think you'd ever be able to make a movie, especially involving child actors. Well, you know, where you could do it when you decided to tackle Dragon Ball, because I thought about it, I was like, "There's no way you could do it without," because that's such a huge part. Well, most people would have seen the series on TV with all that stuff cut out. I mean, uh, not Japanese people, but most Western audiences would have seen it that way. So, so no nosebleeds. They wouldn't have known that anything was different. Yeah. 
He's still a pervert in those series, just not yeah, too young not people. just not that extreme. <laughs> yeah. So basically, we're not going to have the scene where Goku removes Bulma's panties and then she flashes Master Roshi, not realizing that she's not wearing any. We're going to completely dance around that. We're going to hear my full PG version right now. <laughs> right. So no like deal to get Bulma's panties in exchange for like help. No. So Master Roshi sees a lot of potential in young Goku and offers to take him on as a student as a reward for rescuing his sea turtle friend. Goku accepts the offer and promises to return in a sequel after they've collected the Dragon Balls. Master Roshi reveals that he also has a Dragon Ball in his possession, which Bulma begs him for as a reward for saving the Sea Turtle instead. Now, Bulma didn't really want to help the Sea Turtle at all. Yep. The Sea Turtle points this out to Master Roshi. Oh, she didn't. Raymond, she didn't help me Everyone loves Raymond. It was just Goku. So Master Roshi refuses, but offers to give her the Dragon Ball if... What? She blows him. No. <laughs> If she poses for a selfie with him so that all of his friends on Facebook thinks that he's got a cute young girlfriend. Wow, you did a good job dancing around that one. <laughs> we got to touch on what actually happened. Bulma, of course, is disgusted by the idea. We mentioned it earlier. Yeah, right, fair enough. At this point, they are interrupted by a troop of Red Ribbon Army soldiers who arrive on the island in a military submarine. The troop is led by General White, who's played by an incredibly overacting Jeremy Irons. <laughs> <laughs> and he has the troop Incredibly hold- overacting Yes Now he has the troop Hold our heroes at gunpoint And demand that they Hand over their Dragon Balls Or He'll nuke the island With a missile From the submarine But the soldiers Are no match for Goku and Master Roshi Who defeat all the Red Ribbon Army troops In an impressive Kung Fu action scene And the fight ends With Master Roshi Using his famous Kamehameha wave To blast the submarine Along with General White into the horizon. Yay. Bulma is so grateful that Master Roshi has saved her life that she hugs him and plants a huge kiss on his <gasps> cheek. Aww. Which overwhelms Master Roshi so much that he passes out. Bulma takes Roshi's Dragon Ball and she and Goku continue on their journey. See, continuing to dance around. Yes. The obvious perversions there. No nosebleeds. No. While travelling across the desert, Bulma and Goku run into the dashing bandit Yamcha, oh. who's played by another returning actor from the Dora the Explorer movie, Benicio Del Toro. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not the case. Jeff Wahlberg, who played her cousin Diego. Diego really? Yes. So they were cousins in Dora, and now they're going to be lovers in this movie. Someone likes you the Dora the Explorer ass. movie. They just must have watched that movie and were like, oh, that's it, we've got to cast these kids. Yeah. Well, I was just looking for child actors. So. Danny Trejo. <laughs> okay. So I get all my actors from other movies that we've covered. So Yamcha is a skilled fighter and almost seems evenly matched with Goku, but his one weakness is that he becomes incredibly awkward around attractive women. Oh. So at the sight of Bulma, he flees. Now, as Goku and Bulma continue their journey, Yamcha stalks them from a distance <laughs> since he's intrigued by the Dragon Balls, but more so intrigued by Bulma. So he's got a little bit of crush. Oh. Now, Pua doesn't exist in my version, nor does Oolong. Yeah, I was waiting for when Oolong comes in. Is no, he not he's, coming He's in? not going to come in. Huh? I just don't think you could do him in a capacity that would work. He's not that important to the series. So I was like, he's an expendable part. So you don't like the whole shape-shifting element? No, I don't think it needs to be in my plot. Okay. And I guess you do a lot of dancing around the perversion there because that's yes. all, all off yes. really does. We're not going to have a scene where she gives him laxative. And then she whistles. That's, that's, that's controlled by whistling. <laughs> <laughs> to make him get explosive diarrhea whenever he tries to run off with whatever it was he was running off with. Anyway, continuing on. Bulma's dragon radar leads them to a small Native American-style village. They're not actually Native Americans because Native America doesn't exist. Or non-Native America, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. <laughs> We'll go with it. And here, the village chief has possession of one of the Dragon Balls. Get him. 
and then they kill him. No, he's a nice, friendly, peaceful man who hasn't been cast in my version. He will just be a brand new, up-and-coming Native American actor. Um, maybe he'll be played by the same person who will play Mirage's grandfather in New Mutants, <laughs> whoever he may be. Yeah. So long story short, the village is attacked by a troop of Red Ribbon soldiers, and this time they're led by General Blue, who is Ozymandias from Watchmen. General Blue shoots and kills the village chief in the conflict, sending Goku into a rage. But Goku is knocked out in the ensuing battle. Maybe he's run over by a tank or something, but something will happen to get him conked on the head, knock him out, put him down for the count. Yamcha steps in to try and save them, but ultimately he and Bulma are captured by General Blue and his men. The unconscious Goku is left behind in the village, but he also has his grandpa's Dragon Ball with him still. Goku is brought back to health by the son of the village chief, who tells Goku what happened to his friends. Goku is determined to rescue Bulma and Yamcha and attacks the Red Ribbon Army headquarters head-on. While the chaos that Goku causes distracts the soldiers, Bulma and Yamcha escape from their prison and have to face off against General Blue. Dun-dun. So if you can imagine it, I like to imagine there's a scene where like Commander Red and Mr. Black are sitting in like the war room and they're looking up at the radar and they're like, wait, you left one of the Dragon Balls behind. And it's coming closer. And it's coming towards us. Oh, that's and it's like, great. And it's Goku like zipping along <laughs> as fast <laughs> as his little feet can carry him <laughs> and just smashes through the front gates and starts fighting all the soldiers. You can totally see it, can't you? I can you? totally see it. Does Yamcha have a tooth? Uh, yeah, he's got all his teeth. Okay. Commander Red, upon noticing that Goku is an unstoppable force, has Dr. Jiro deploy one of his android super soldiers, mm. Android 9, Ooh. who is a big, muscular android, is he basically. Is red hair? Uh, no, he doesn't no. have red hair, but his name is like Major Metallotron or something like that okay. in the series. I can't quite remember his name. Now, he is played, of all people, by Dave Batista. Get out. Returning from your plot. Yeah. Guy keeps busy. Well, he's in every second movie anyway, because yeah. no one else really looks like him. But in the end... This super android is no match for Goku. Again, I like to imagine there's a fight where Goku keeps knocking his limbs off, but he keeps coming. Typical robot android fight. Goku finally confronts Commander Red, and Red demands that his butler, Mr. Black, fights Goku while Red flees to hide in a safe room with the six Dragon Balls that he has. <laughs> the butler with all his fighting prowess. Yeah, so Mr. Black is surprisingly strong. He throws off his dinner jacket. He's like ripped. And he's quite ripped. Well, you've seen what Winston Duke looks like. Mm. He was in Black Panther with his big muscles. And he proves to be quite the match for Goku. From inside his bunker, Commander Red triggers a deadly trap ceiling with the intent of squashing Goku and inadvertently Mr. Black. So it's basically a big steel ceiling that drops down and smashes everything. But a punch from Goku sends Mr. Black flying out a window right before the ceiling comes down on top of Goku. <laughs> Does it leave like a, an imprint of his figure? Like, like Kufre and Roger Raffi. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe something like that. No, he just yes. smashes through. And Red is convinced that Goku has been squashed. He's won. He's killed him. Too bad that the Dragon oh, Ball's oh, in his pocket Goku. because he's going to have to recover it. So Mr. Black survives the encounter. He comes back inside the building, probably back through the window, <laughs> and confronts Commander Red for setting him up to be killed alongside Goku. And Red tells him, I'm not going to get my wish if I don't make sacrifices. Now, don't forget that this is Peter Dinklage telling him <laughs> off. <laughs> Peter Dinklage shouting at Winston Duke. Do we know what his wish is or does that come later? We're going to learn what that is right now. <laughs> I want the perfect boyfriend. <laughs> 
Commander Red then reveals that he planned to use his wish from the Dragon Balls to make himself taller. Okay. All right. So as we know, Peter Dinklage oh, is a little God. person. This is something that actually happens in the Dragon Ball series. I'm not just having a go oh, really? at Peter Dinklage. Because I don't know. Was that is that a thing? Yes, that's a thing. So this whole operation by the Red Ribbon Army is just to make it so he's a bit taller. Right. And this understandably horrifies Mr. Black. So of course, look how many human lives they sacrificed just to you know get something that stilts or some platform shoes might have sorted out. <laughs> And Mr. Black shoots Commander Red and takes the six Dragon Balls that he had. Surprisingly, Goku survived the trap ceiling and bursts out of the wreckage. Yeah. Mr. Black, now assuming the role of Commander, jumps into a mech suit, another one of Dr. Jiro's creations, to take on Goku in the final fight on the rooftop of the Red Ribbon Army headquarters. If you can imagine, it would be like, mm, I suppose, sort of like the end fight in Iron Man 1 with like Iron Monger, something like that. So, Meanwhile, Bulma and Yamcha defeat General Blue. I imagine it will be sort of like an Indiana Jones-esque scene where Yamcha is doing like the kung fu fighting against General Blue, but Bulma well, comes hits, up behind and hits, hits him on him the head. Hits him with a pan. Yeah, hits him on the head with something heavy, knocking him out. <laughs> nice. And they flee the headquarters since it's now collapsing due to the ongoing battles and chaos between Mr. Black and Goku, of course, but not before they locate and grab the Dragon Balls that Mr. Black had set aside. He might have put them in a nice little bag. <laughs> a satchel. A little satchel before he jumped inside the mech suit. His mech suit has a backpack. I thought that, but no, I thought it would be better if they were separate. Mr. Black looks like he has Goku on the ropes and uses the mech suit to fire a missile at him, mm. but Goku headbutts the missile, sending it straight back at Mr. Black, blowing him up. Nice. He's done. Goku rejoins Bulma and Yamcha, and together they use the Dragon Balls to summon the mighty dragon Shenron. Bulma realises that she and Yamcha have fallen for each other, so she no longer needs a wish to wish for the perfect boyfriend. Aww. Instead, Goku suggests that they use their wish to bring back the village chief that has been killed by General Blue. How nice. See, it's just the right thing to do in the end. Yeah. And that's where we end the movie. Yamcha and Bulma go off on their own together, mm. and Goku presumably goes off to train with Master Roshi. He goes so back we- to Roshi? Yeah, presumably. He's not specifically saying that, but he's just like, I'm off to continue my adventures. Off he goes. No turning into a big monkey? Nope, that doesn't happen. Might happen in another movie, but it didn't happen in this one. Okay. And he still has his tail by the end of it. Yeah, that's right. He's still got his tail. Might play into the next one. Yeah, I think it will play into the next one. Anyway, of course, like I did with my Lord of the Rings movie, I basically planned a full trilogy. So I imagine the next movie would be him and Krillin training on Master Roshi's Island for the big tournament. And then eventually running into King Piccolo. And then the movie after that would be them as young adults fighting Piccolo Jr., who is basically the Piccolo we know today from Dragon Ball Z. And that would lead us perfectly into Dragon Ball Z, which could even tie into your movie. Yeah. Even though I don't think they're quite set in the same world. But anyway, that's my plot. Cool. I liked it. There you go. I was surprised. I basically condensed two seasons into one. Because I I saw the Dragon Ball, looking at the Dragon Ball story, I was like, I don't know how you could do it, but you kind of did a good job. I'm surprised you left a lot of stuff out. (laughs) I'm just cutting the fat. Yeah, fair enough. At the end of the day, does Oolong and Pua really need to be bouncing around? Yes. Yes? Okay. They can be in your version then. (laughs) No, I think it's better off them not being there. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Well, there you go. Movies that people will steal. Hollywood will steal and please, Please steal one of our plots. Don't do another Dragon Ball evolution. Mm, Yeah. Does your Goku find a cloud? Does he get that? Nimbus. Yeah. Or Kintuan is it probably is in your version. Uh no. Okay. No. He's eventually gonna learn to fly in one of my movies and he will never need the flying cloud. Because how many times in Dragon Ball Z did he produce Flying Nimbus? Never. Exactly. Well, no, actually he did twice, but... You never really see it. Yeah. First episode, last episode, basically. 
Now, before we go as well, I want to talk about what we're going to be covering next week, mm-hmm. which is the fifth installment in the Rambo series. Can you believe it's still going? God, I can't. Rambo 5. Yay. Have you seen the trailer for this movie yet? No. They use a certain song in the movie. People at home, if you haven't seen the trailer, check it out now. You'll be just as surprised as I was to hear a certain song used in the trailer. I don't know what they were going for. But anyway, I'm very excited to be talking Rambo 5 next week. If you at home have your own theory on what's going to happen in Rambo 5, if you've got your own ideas on how to adapt the Dragon Ball immensely long and complicated Dragon Ball series into a succinct movie, please let us know. We've got an email address. It's potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can find us on Facebook. Just do a search for Potential Spoilers Podcast. We're pretty easy to find on there. As Matty D likes to say, just look for the yellow caution symbol. (laughs) And I should probably point out as well that by the time that this episode comes out, one of the movies that we predicted in an older episode, Dark Phoenix, will be in the cinemas. X-Men Dark Phoenix. It's exciting. So if you haven't listened to that episode and you're going to go see the movie, watch it either just before or just after and you can see see how how well we did. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to say, Matty D? See you next time on Potential Spoilers. What will Matty D and Kieran predict will happen in the next episode of Potential Spoilers? <laughs> Tune in then to find out. What? Uh, it's your balls, Bulma. They're gone. What? You're kidding me? How? Uh, uh, Please! No! no! Uh, uh, phew. Thank goodness. They're all here, Goku. You must have been dreaming.